a classic case of wanting one's cake and eating it too. Boltmannian existentialism. Owing to the inherent instability of neo-orthodoxy, the theologian now seeks, in that position, to ground theology in personal experience alone. Biblical revelation is demythologized and Heilsgeschichte is reduced to existential, subjective, personal encounter. Tillich comes along. He recognizes that existential experience, in fact, offers no solid ground for theologizing, and therefore he attempts to combine it with a thoroughly unsuccessful attempt uh, at Schelling's idealistic philosophical category of being itself. And then lastly, the secular and death of God theologies. In the face of the preceding vain and unsuccessful endeavors to provide non-revelational foundations for theology, together with dogmatic acceptance of the unreliability of the biblical texts, the secular theologians and death of Godders deconstruct theology, transforming it into little more than a new humanism. Now we're going to argue that in the ostensibly independent area of jurisprudence, a remarkably a remarkably parallel history of ideological development, or regression, if you will, can be observed, and for precisely the same underlying reasons. Concretely, since the underpinnings of scriptural revelation were removed from natural law theory in the 18th and early 19th centuries, jurisprudence has developed along the following lines, paralleling in many fundamental ways the theological history of ideas we've just described. First. Uh, classical positivism and American legal realism. Then the jurisprudence of H.L.A. Hart, followed by the jurisprudence of Ronald Dvorkin, his successor at Oxford. Then the neo-Kantian political theorists, uh, Rawls, Gewirth, and finally critical legal studies uh, and jurisprudential deconstructionism. We begin with the unnatural shift in natural law theory. Until the latter half of the 19th century, the prevailing philosophy of law in the Western world was so-called natural law theory. Originating with the Greeks in classical times, Aristotle, the Stoics, it profoundly influenced the Roman world, Cicero, Seneca, and was baptized by the great theologians of medieval Christendom, Augustine, Thomas Aquinas. The essence of the Greco-Roman position was that the human race benefits from natural built-in standards of justice, and human laws need to conform to them. To be sure, the Christian theologians, while fully agreeing on the basis of biblical revelation that man is created in God's image, Genesis 1, and has God's law implanted in his heart, Romans 1, nonetheless recognize the inadequacy of building simpliciter, a legal system from the conscience of mankind. That would be the Jiminy Cricket approach. Let your conscience be your guide and don't bother with anything else. Thus, the Apostle Paul's proclamation to the Stoic philosophers at Athens that a natural knowledge of God and of morality is not enough. The unknown God of natural revelation is utterly inadequate without Jesus Christ, Acts 17. Man, after all, is a fallen creature and his conscience has been corrupted along with the other aspects of his relationship with his Creator. It follows that mankind, individually and collectively, needs a special revelation to clarify and correct misinterpretations of the general revelation, uh, uh, the general revelation of which conscience is only one aspect. That special revelation has been provided by grace alone through the Word, the living Word, Christ, and the written Word, the Holy Scriptures. The Bible, as Luther would later put it, the cradle in which Christ is offered to us, thus becomes an essential source of knowledge for understanding the true content of natural law and a permanent corrective for conceptions it is, uh, of it based on conscience alone. 
Scripture corrects and perfects the knowledge of ideal law a fallen race derives from nature and conscience. This is the pause that is to, to refresh you, of course. Uh, but by Blackstone's time, deistic skepticism, deistic skepticism toward revealed religion had already begun to erode the foundations of natural law theory. The deists and their continental counterparts, the philosophes of the French Revolution and the so-called Enlightenment, had no problem with a natural law embedded in human conscience, but they firmly rejected the historic Christian claim to a controlling special revelation in Scripture. Characteristically, Thomas Paine's tract, The Age of Reason, not only sets the book of nature over the book of Scripture, but devotes its entire second half to listing alleged errors and contradictions in the Bible in an effort to destroy its credibility.